0: The theater, the theater. Bring it out, Louise!
1: Theater, theater. Good. We should say we're a little off schedule, internally, not for our audience, but we're. They recording. would never know. They would <laughs> never know, but uh, but we're recording on a Saturday, which we normally don't do, and so but so I'm Got feeling nice an inside and baseball
2: there for you.
1: Yeah, a little inside baseball. baseball hey, there hey, for yeah, you. you at, yeah. Girl.
2: Enjoy that.
1: <laughs> but CJ, you had to work this morning early. Yeah, I've been on up since six thirty. Sa- oh, that blows that's all
3: right it was chill i got a lot of shit done while i was sitting they were putting an alarm system in one of my boss's homes nice all
1: right so a little Uh, more
2: inside baseball but
3: cj is a personal assistant
2: (laughs) well Uh, i do appreciate our listeners sticking with us when we you know we start these episodes off we banter we have a little bit of fun I know we've had a couple people reach out and be like, "That's the best." I love that you do that. Oh, I know some people aren't into that in podcasts, but we've had some engagement recently, like a, yeah. an uptick in engagement recently. And I think part of it is because we're doing wild. Yeah, I think, you think I so? mean, yeah, yeah, I oh, think people yeah, man. really love Oscar Wilde. Like I said, huh. I think in episode one, like there are people who are just like wildheads, right? Huh? And because we call it's them the wild, a... boys. Wild, wild boys.
1: Wild boys. Well, yeah. because it also stretches beyond plays and theater. Uh, sure, you know, right. uh, oh, you that know, makes sense. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. All yeah. of his writings and poetry, and his and you know, uh, yeah, Dor- Dorian Gray and everything. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of scholars and fans out there for sure. And
2: so people have been sort of. I'm sure just searching his name or searching importance of being earnest or whatever. And our, our podcast pops up and they've been listening to it. So we've had some new engagement. We've had some positive engagement. We've had some weird negative engagement. Uh, but I'm okay with it. I think that's, that's how it should be. Um, real quick, before we get into this, the meat of this episode, I do want to point out three emails that we received in particular that i no. thought were kind of interesting we don't normally get emails normally people either write a review or they they hit us up on 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 the socials but we've we got three this past week that I, I love it. To awesome to check out so one really simple one that we got is from uh new friend austin almond uh hey austin, austin. Hey, austin. How are you? We, we appreciate you writing in This is their entire email, which I'm I'm excited about. It says, hello, I'm a big fan of the pod. I was listening to the Importance of Being Earnest episode when I had a funny idea for the Oscar Wilde series. You guys completely neglected that his last name is Wilde. So here's my Oscar Wilde title idea pods gone wild
0: <laughs> please let me
2: know what you think haha ha. sweaty smiley face love uh, it. sincerely mr stage fright austin allman yeah. uh, <laughs> thank you Austin. we appreciate that and much yeah. love uh we you're right we didn't we didn't have enough fun with the idea of his last name being Wild, and we should have. But we do tend to name these miniseries after plays, and we make them real sweaty, and it it feels real good. But you're right, because we're covering more than just uh, importance. Maybe we should have uh, we should have thought a little harder. Should
3: do a subtitle for every. I feel like he does a subtitle right. for every single one of his plays. You're right. You're right.
2: So it's it's actually impotence of being Earned ur- Cast. Colon, pod's gone wild. <laughs> that won't
3: be as easy with every playwright. I'm add i would, I would like it. Out. I would yeah. like
1: it noted in the log. Uh, no. yeah thank you uh, that we have uh, we have done a subtitle for this series we've now added it I will add it, it to the you absolutely art. should yeah you absolutely should I'm gonna put it on the it. cover art okay yeah shout out to Austin thanks, thanks buddy thanks Austin thank we you. have a new <laughs>
2: title very exciting <laughs> yeah. um, another one that we got that was extremely exciting uh, this was from Rob Marland and I, I won't read the entire email uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here But the opening paragraph kind of says most of it. Here we go. Hi all. I'm Rob Marland, the editor of Oscar Wilde: The Complete Interviews.
1: <laughs> <Shit>. Wow, wow. <laughs>
2: so we're right away. I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> all right, <we're> just, <laughs> listen to our podcast uh, and win. Uh, who is
1: oh, this? Fuck, he's gonna realize we are not scholars, <laughs> right? Which is sort of the
2: point. And we'll get. To, there's another email that sort of points that out. We'll get. We'll get to that. But Rob Marland, editor of Oscar Wilde: The Complete Interviews, I was really glad to hear you cover Vera or the Nihilists on your most recent episode as I am currently working on a book about the writing and production of the play. Wow. It's an extremely understudied text as we pointed out when Mm -hmm. we were talking about it. And it was interesting for me to hear the insights of people who have a real practical understanding of theater. I hadn't thought of the similarities to Brecht before, but what you said makes a lot of sense, especially in the scenes set in the Nihilist's den. Mm-hmm. Wilde was going for a stripped down, stylized look. Right. And then he goes on to talk about why the play failed and like a way more insightful, you know, what was going on in Russia at the time and all sure. this. And then uh He does say, I think your idea for students to take on the play is a great idea. In fact, only last year, a group of students in Verona, Italy, put on a version in which the Nihilists were reinterpreted as an all woman group. And it was combined (laughs) with the Russian setting. It gave a distinct proto Pussy Riot vibe. Yeah. I was like, yes. I love that. I love it. So great. Um, And there's only been four, he also, he goes on to say that there's only been four productions of Vera, the original in New York in 1883, a student production in Durham uh, in the 50s, an all-male off-Broadway production in 2014, and then the Verona production he just mentioned. Um, And that's all. That's all the recorded
3: performances.
2: We gotta put it up. Yeah,
1: because it's just, it's so odd, I think. It's an odd play. He, he's, he's peeking at things that are 20 or 30 years down the road in terms of stylistic or even theatrical theory or even dramatic yes. theory. And yeah, you know, this is a great fucking mind, uh, that's working and processing, uh, this stuff and, and what he's trying to say. And I don't know if it always succeeds, but it, he, he goes for it in a way that we, yeah, I, I don't think we really see that kind of thing until Brecht. You know what? Thirty years later,
2: absolutely. So he he also said something interesting about like sort of the perspective that we have on this podcast, which is that we're coming from a practical understanding of theater. We are not necessarily dramaturgs, and we are not necessarily like like we don't scholar. You know, we're not we don't study this stuff deeply, which is why we take a macro look at these plays. We don't dive really deep in, and we're just really excited to explore playwrights and explore their evolution. So on that note, I want to read this final, and then I'll introduce the fucking podcast. (laughs) We're 10 minutes in, but
3: no, I love it.
2: But if you're if you're starting, if this is your entry point, maybe start somewhere else, right? Part
3: three of Oscar Wilde, really? What are you doing? <laughs>
2: well, no. it is Pods Gone Wild. It is Pods it's Gone Pod's Wild. Gone I, Wild. I, I At know. least go
3: to like an episode one of a series. Mir- miniseries. Yeah. So <laughs> I saying. think
2: I think this person meant to write this as a review, but they sent it as an email. So maybe they just don't have a <laughs> legit understanding of no, technology. <laughs> but this is from Scott Sampson. Okay. This is all they say. Such a nice thing that these junior high school kids are reviewing plays. <gasps> Don't know that they should be drinking. Cute to hear them talk about plays seriously without any dramaturgical knowledge in just a thumbs up or down way. Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> well. Now, I read that and I, I, my first thought was do they not understand the podcast, right? Because let me introduce the podcast to you. Welcome to <laughs> Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene.
3: I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm C.J. Merriman. I'm
1: Scott Leggett.
2: And each week, we this is the point. Here we go. Each week, we get together to discuss. Listen. Mm-hmm. Debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And disseminate mm-hmm. the works of the great playwrights. By taking a macro look
3: mm-hmm. at three of their plays, mm-hmm. right? That's it. I We're... think we've said in several episodes now where it's like, if you're writing a term paper on this, this isn't your playwright. <laughs> yeah, this isn't your podcast. Maybe not. No. Go to hardcore history whenever he makes a playwright version of that. Right. Or even like I like right, Fuck right. Boys of Dan
2: Carlin. Fuck of... Boys of Literature is really good. Like things like that. Like. Those podcasts podcast. are great for like learning everything. Mm-hmm. We literally look at Wikipedia and like <laughs> go like, "All right, what plays should we read?" Like we're not doing deep dive research. If we were making money off of this podcast and we could pay a researcher and a dramaturg and all these people to like really give us like a legit dossier, cool. But we're not that's not who we are and that's not what we're trying to do.
3: I'm a personal oh. assistant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like I
2: I'm all for you Scott Sampson, Cedric Scott. Also, I'm from Cedric Cedric, Cedric County, Kansas, so part of me is like is this somebody I, from yeah. Cedric County? But I just I I think everybody is entitled to their opinion. You sound like a really great person who has great grammar and and all that. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: <laughs> but It's because of but, the fart joke It's because ba- mouths and butts are the th- same things that's That why was why like, they are mad That's called so like junior high Yes,
2: we are Junior high school kids with their mouth and butt jokes
3: <laughs> I think, We
2: haven't I, said it in a long time Mouths and butts are the same thing And that I, think is, we I did learn that episode. in junior high I learned it in junior high so. well, yeah. Did
3: you?
1: Yeah,
2: in biology
1: yeah. <laughs> I biology. think that we also like when we're working on our Bam. projects, when we're really diving, like we bust our butts uh, in terms of the theater that we make and produce and act in and direct and write and all of that. And so for this project, the idea was really for us to re-explore playwrights that we either skipped over or couldn't remember and then discover new ones in a very... Um, in in a very sort of reactionary very casual way we're reading these plays and going hmm this is our reaction and, uh, you, you know, we do some glancing and some, you know, looking also, at Also, if we weren't
3: but... recording this fucking podcast, we'd just be getting high and talking about it on Scott's couch anyway. Well, well I don't kinda... smoke weed, but
2: yes. And I think that's, that's I
1: smoke billows out of your mouth right now. I smoke, <laughs> I smoke blunts, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, of gold, For I don't all.
1: smoke weed. I, yeah. I, inject it.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm sending back currently, I've, I've, have Type this out already thanks scott for your review we read it on oscar wild excuse me i'm gonna type out we read it on the impotence of being earned cast colon pods gone, gone wild, wild. yes uh-huh. uh part three and then and just hopefully they'll re-listen and they'll they'll understand where we're coming from but also like mm, fuck you scott okay you, <laughs> scott <So, laughs> samson uh oh, wow. should, oh we should cut that out should we cut that out no. Are offended? Are you no offended no but also
1: fuck tom who's well, who's tom
2: now that we have Scott Sampson, I I'm think we can... am trying
1: to keep a bit going. I got, you. Going. The I got bit, you. Yeah,
2: It's a long... It's It didn't really hit the first time, but that's okay. Let's start over. Hi, welcome <laughs> to Theater, Theater. Theater podcast for theater nerds. This week, we... That's right, it's part three of Oscar Wilde, The Impotence of Being Earned Cast. The first week, we covered Vera or The Nihilists. The second week, we covered The Importance of Being cast, <laughs> the importance, <laughs> importance of being earnest, and this week we're discussing his final finished and produced play, yes, which is uh, my choice, yes, which was Salome. Yes. Yeah, and we got together last night,
3: <laughs> and we
2: watched the Al Pacino, the 2013 Al Pacino, Jessica Chastain
3: Salome. Salome. Salome.
1: Salome. <laughs> Dance for me, Salome.
2: Come and dance for me, Salome. Salome. (laughs) Salome. That's our Al Pacino. Go watch it. It's kind of incredible. It is... We'll get there. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. First things first, I want to know what Salome is about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yes. Meow. What, Bailey? CJ's Breakdown. (sighs) Salome, stepdaughter of Herod, that's right, THE Herod, attempts to seduce Yokenon, John the Baptist. But he thinks she's gross. Also, he's really into self-deprecation and telling everyone they better watch it because Jesus is coming. Herod is horny for Salome instead of her mom, who is also his sister-in-law and has a weirdly similar name to Herod. Salome dances the dance of the seven veils for Herod, who promises her anything in return, and she requests the beheading of John the Baptist, because why the fuck wasn't he into her? Agreed. Now
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> You said you said yes, the Herod, as if we're supposed to go, oh, Herod? King? King Herod? Who I don't know who that is.
3: The it's same from Herod Jesus from the Christ, Jesus super... story. I... Sorry, I, I maybe again. That's... I
2: don't know who that is. I um, know now from this everyone. play. I know that he was played by Zero Mostel's son in the Jesus Christ Josh. Superstar movie. Did you say trash? Josh. Oh, Josh, I thought you went yes. trash. I was like, yeah. whoa, oh, I mean thought that, you, like, you really you that, stood up for that
1: performance. That bad actor who got uh, got cast oh. in something because of his that dad. I love that scene, and everyone needs
2: to <laughs> That scene's fine. Off. That scene's fine. It's, it's just fine. the fact that yeah. it's not better than Alice Cooper is why I'm like,
1: yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, that's really what it is. We'll get into it. We'll get we into it. We've pressed all we have a whole of CJ's buttons. I know, I know. <laughs> CJ,
2: I love you so deeply, it's almost embarrassing. Um It's why I love being awful to you,
3: bullying you like, i know i mean yeah. it's kind of that has been a running bit because i have podcast. a crush on us,
1: well, picking cause cause on like picking you. on you Both i'm gonna play and oh poor cj here we go <laughs> okay Uh oh, you do. of cj <laughs> you do you have to you have to deal with this big too loud Yeah, we're dumbasses, but we love you. But we love you. Um, And and we're we recognize the better, the best. Yeah,
2: we're junior high schoolers that review plays with thumbs up, thumbs down, titties,
3: titties. There were some. I can't wait to talk about the titties later. (laughs) Let's talk talk about them now. Tell me about your thoughts about the play, y'all. Is there a special kind of cuck name for Herodias who's married to someone that's into her grown child instead?
1: I think you just said it.
3: <laughs> I didn't know. I
1: just—it's uh, a Herodias. I just—I
3: just—it's
1: uh, <laughs> a Herodias.
3: I just always like to talk about cucking in this podcast.
1: Yeah, you do. Cuck-cast. love Cuck.
2: <laughs> I maybe Scott Sampson's right. Maybe he's right.
3: I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I'm interested to chat about this play with both of you because I'm not quite sure why he wrote it, other than he was getting super religious slash super Catholic as he got older and also like it was scandalous. Cause this is like a sexy and scandalous story from the Bible a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I absolutely agree with you. I think it it is very much a devotional thing. Um, and we should say that he originally wrote it in French sort of as a challenge to himself. And then, um, There have been a lot of criticisms about the translation into English, even, you know, there are a few folks that are like, it only works in French, which I'm like, whatever. Uh, But the language is pretty and, and that sort of thing. But I think he was very much, very much trying to tell, yeah, maybe a sexy or scandalous story. But I think that it is also devotional. I also think we need to talk about sort of the inherent misogyny in it which is the inherent misogyny in the Bible. And I don't mean to beat on anybody's faith, but it's in there. Why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then- um, Y'all have done it plenty on this
2: plenty, podcast. absolutely. So let's be clear. Absolutely. Go listen to uh, our Terrence McNally and Christopher Durang play. podcasts, you'll hear us.
1: But it's a play and it is a story about desire and about obsession and about violence and uh it's about a woman trying to find some sort of control and some sort of power but uh exclusively using her sexuality to do it like we don't know why she's in love with john the baptist or what is it yakim yakim yokanon yokanon i'm sorry yokanon like we're not quite sure why she's so obsessed other than he's disparaged her mom and so she kind of gets obsessed with that. It, it there's there's layers to it and um and it's interesting, but I do think that he's devo- being devotional about it. Yeah.
3: I'd be interested to know and I this would take a lot of research, I feel like. How many, I mean, other like the only play that's coming to mind right now is Every Man, like at that point in history because didn't you mention Scott that like it was Illegal to do biblical, like, write plays about Bible stories at well, that point.
1: Well, that's why the production was denied, is that there was a, a rule in the Lord Chamberlain's Rules. Right. Uh, that said that you could not depict uh, biblical figures on stage. Yeah,
3: so, like... I I would be interested to know how many biblical plays other than like passion plays and like the medieval church and all that stuff. How many people had sat down and written biblical plays in that area in that time? If he thought he was doing something like fucking new and exciting and crazy, that could be an excuse too.
1: I got the impression that it wasn't necessarily like a big thing. Like, uh, like they were I think that he was kind of surprised that it was denied production. Like, Oh, really? Oh, it was one of those rules that's in there, but, Oh, you know, know, it it wasn't necessarily a big deal. Yeah. I can't like, there's no, there's no biblical figures in any Shakespeare. They talk about them all the time. They talk about them, but you know, in terms of depiction of a biblical figure, there are, are none. Yeah, so yeah, that would be an interesting thing to explore because it's kind of its own little sub genre thing.
2: Bailey, it's it's like one of those things that I I don't I didn't know this story beforehand. I don't know like really much about it. I love the last two plays that we've read of his, and this was just not. It was nowhere close to either of those things. Like there's nothing fun here. There's nothing really (laughs) wordplay going on here there's no language play going on here it's it almost feels like reading a bible verse like it, it, yeah the the repetition and the you know which is how bible verses read they yeah where i just remember being like oh my god how many times have you said this (laughs) you know 19 times yeah Yeah. i get it i get it (laughs) it. We took a sip from the thing i'm with you thank you.
3: every time someone has mentioned to me that they've read the bible like from cover to cover i'm like really
1: Uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, yeah and i mean a lot of people for 20
3: years and i never did
2: (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people were kind of forced to, right? And then they don't actually know what they're reading most of the time. Sure. But I, and then they they find the beautiful passages and just like use that as their religion. But it's it's to me, I think this story probably does excite an artist, an aesthete who's just looking for like perverse and looking for beauty and looking for gender dynamics and you know, like you can see all the thematics of the last two things we've read and his other plays that we are that we know sure um but it's just not i just i hate that this is his final finished piece mm-hmm. it doesn't it just it's doesn't not, it, it doesn't have a lot of wildisms yeah yeah if we're talking evolution it feels like a big downgrade even though it also feels like he was just trying something and doing something sure. new no, and like but it it, it just it it
1: was yeah i get you valentine it, it, I think that that that's one of the reasons that he remains such uh, a figure, such an entity in the world of of letters and humanities and theater and uh, literature and all that is that he's kind of all over the goddamn place. Like you read Dorian Gray and that's a, a real shocker in terms of the tone, which is, you know, haunting and Gothic almost. And, Uh, You know as opposed to Ernest, which is just you know, he's he's hitting a ha ha line every every three lines in that show And so he's all he's when I talked about him being a big brain and him sort of doing these prototype theater things that we wouldn't see realized for a long time like I think that that's part of the fascination with him so the failure for this play for me, although one of the things that struck me while reading it is I I very much quickly got into director mode. I'm like this. There's a lot of blank slate here yes. to do a lot of cool, crazy, off the wall shit. Gender dynamics that you can flip. Uh, you know, uh, modern music that you can use and staging and projections and all this st- Which... stuff that you could really make.
2: Like Yeah, I think it's it's a candyland. It's a it's a playground for a director for sure.
1: Like like we were talking about Baz Luhrmann last night as part of our conversation. But yeah. like I'd love to see Baz Luhrmann on stage, not necessarily on film, like just jerk this fucker off because it's fucking it's yeah. got so much stuff. Like But I think we watched that
2: sexy. last night. So last night we watched the Al Pacino. Al Pacino directs this. Now, Estelle Parsons directed the play mom the of
3: roseanne and jackie in yes correct
2: roseanne. correct one of my i love estelle parsons oh she's been um, forever, forever. forever yeah, yeah. Dire- so she directed it for the stage with al pacino and jessica chastain and al pacino was like we should make a movie out of this and they were like well you're not going to get money to do that and he was like <laughs> right i'll just get some friends and we'll Bank just film roll. it yeah yeah so he puts his money down and so it's directed by al pacino staging by Estelle Parsons, sort of is how it was like read and I was like, okay. But it's true that like this is and you said this last night, CJ, it's a forty five page script. Yeah. In in a small in like a pretty like big font, too. It's not like you know you know and then you go to we watched the movie and it was eighty five minutes long, eighty one minutes long, something like that. And it's because he spent forty minutes just showing us Salome thinking about stuff, showing us Herod thinking about stuff, repeating lines over and over again, which is already part of it. So it's already part okay, of it. Okay, yeah. okay, you know, and
1: the like moonlight imagery, and imagery, the little imagery, doves imagery. and yes, and yeah, the...
2: and it was like fine, but Eat. I did feel We're the finish. masturbation at hand, right? I felt a little bit of the jerk off. The coconut right. oil was slathered. Well, yeah
3: I'm I'm honestly asking this because I'm sure that there's plays out here that are built this way, but as I was Jotting down notes, I couldn't think of it. The whole structure of the first 40 pages of the play is dialogue, exposition, a little bit of Greek chorus sprinkled in there. And I mean, even more so with the film version we watched. Mm -hmm. And then the last five or six pages is two long-ass motherfucking monologues, Herod and Salome. And then it's over. I mean, there's a couple lines at the end. I was trying to think of like other plays that are like that and i didn't know if y'all would be like oh i i like mm. part of me was like they're gonna be like oh yeah this and this and this and not I not
1: that's not like a, a movement based thing you know what, what struck me in in reading it just to digress ever so slightly because i it was one of the things i was going to bring up as well is the structure of this is is quite odd Um, In that there is no structure, it is an act, it is a singular, there's no breakdown in terms of that. But there's the line, uh, the stage direction, uh, she dances the dance of seven veils. That's it? W- which reminds me <laughs> of from uh, the Two Towers screenplay, the Battle of Helm's Deep is just described as the two armies battle. Right.
0: That's all it is. And it's that's like a script.
3: 35 minute section. Of oh, the it's film. an right. hour and five oh, minutes. I thought it, you were gonna fight, say it was it. the wizard fight between No, 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 no. it's, it's the
1: battles at, at, Helms, at Helm's Deep at the wall and all that. Yeah. and. So, which is interesting, which is, (laughs) I think, another reason that my brain kind of went blam, blam, ding, 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 like as a director, because I'm like, oh, I, I would stretch this into 15 minutes, like I would have, you know, I would do like a find a DJ to do like a mega mix of. Taking extracting from the opera that was inspired by this play, no. Putting all in... you
2: do is you play the mega mix from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. <laughs> I,
3: I was about to say LCD Sound Systems dance yourself clean. You could, oh, there's a plethora of stuff that you could, but you could infuse and cut
1: in all that stuff. And, sure. Um...
3: Jacob, Jacob,
2: Jacob, Everyone yeah. comes out in like streetwear and beanies, and you're no like, all white.
3: What? all white
2: i don't know it's different every time
1: (laughs) but yeah and there's just so much you could do with it i just don't know necessarily fully what the point of it is i know that he was partially inspired by some painting the paintings the image of salome with the head of john the baptist and uh which is a striking striking image and you go back and Look at some of those great Renaissance works like it's it's profound and shocking. I mean,
2: yeah. yeah. And like CJ said last night, there's that Jodorowsky moment of her like kissing the the head. And it is it's a Renaissance painting. And it but it's like it, it is it's it's jarring, but it takes us so long to get there. That I can't be like, well, that's the point. He just really wanted to put that on stage, right? Now, There's, I'm sure there's some... Scott Samson, write in, let us know. I'm sure there's some really deep meaning to
3: why That could Oscar be our next bit.
2: Done. We'll just always call out Scott Samson. I think you're correct, Scott. I think you could do a lot with the dance. I think it's also very easy to make it which the movie did as well. And when I read it, I kind of had the idea that this is what would be done, that she's nude by the end of it. Right. That it goes so sexual that she's at least like topless. Right. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that that it's great. We love it. Jessica Chastain's we love it. Right. Yeah, And, she, and
1: she, it's a, it's a great, it's really great performance like it's it is just it of, really is yeah I don't but exactly i almost wonder like if
2: there's something to the like at first when she was dancing and i this is sort of more how i would maybe direct it is like you almost see and you almost see right. and they, yeah. it, the thing almost falls off and it's like Herod being like it's like he's just being edged yeah he's just
3: like ah, 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 yeah right yeah. <laughs> so that
2: at the end he basically does just like come and she doesn't even have to take her clothes off right it's sort of that Oh, That's yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, you can Seduction definitely. Seduction
2: thing that I, I, it's... but I also, you know, hey, titties all day.
1: <laughs> Jessica Chastain. Um, great jawline. Great jawline.
3: Great... So sweet.
1: <laughs> great tinglutage. We should say very clearly that CJ was the most excited about Jessica Chastain's boobs. You were screaming titties. Yeah.
3: Listen, I'm always down for boobies coming out on stage. <laughs> Saying that as a person that has had their boobies out on stage. It's yeah, fun. I need more
2: dick though. I want more dick in I film.
3: am always down for more dick in theater, I, film, and in life. your life. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, honestly,
2: truly, no, I think about this all the time. Like I just think it's like a huge shame that I don't really know what Brad Pitt's dick looks like. Right. Or like Christoph Waltz. Or like Christopher Walken. I just
3: want to know. I mean, that's the American thing, too. I mean, like, our whole rating system here, like, we'll show insane fucking violence a million times over before they'll show anything that's quote-unquote sexual yeah. or, like... Not
2: sexual if it's flaccid, y'all. I, I Come on.
3: Please tell the rating... Tell... Leo I don't know
2: what the... Leo
1: DiCaprio. The MPAA.
2: Tell them this.
3: Yes, DiCaprio, tell them Leo DiCaprio, where's that like, dick? I think if <laughs> where's we... Where's that dick, Leo? I think if we dealt with this in american society there wouldn't be so much pent-up bullshit about sex and kids have like teenagers having sex and safe sex and and then abortion rights and then everything just comes after it
1: that's what i'm saying yep i mean everyone just get out there
3: and fuck more except (laughs) me i'm not that interested can everyone can you
1: note it in the log um yeah yeah hold on hold on i gotta flip the page
3: flip 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 flip
1: and flip. flipped okay and we're ready <laughs> note it in the log that
2: i'm going to start a petition Starting for a petition. more dicks both in movies and in cj's life
1: i'm i'm just writing bailey wants more dick Is okay. that
2: cool no that's exactly actually my sentiment so okay great.
3: one awesome. and all CJ. Where we go, oh. one we go all for dicks. Momoa, <laughs> I want to see Momoa's dick. Oh my I'd be god! Fri-
1: I'm sure it's frightening. I'm sure. No, I'm sure it's, it's exciting exqu- and fun and it's exquisite. <laughs> it probably is exquisite. You're right. <laughs> yes, You're right. It's yeah.
3: exquisite. <laughs> like what that's a a, like like
1: when when a gentleman tips another gentleman's penis, like <laughs> tip, of the, tip of the hat, sir. That is a handsome
2: penis. He was married to. <laughs> Who Lisa Bonet for a Lisa while. Bonet, yeah. Are
3: they not married
2: anymore? No, I think they're. No, they
1: finally they separated. That
3: means he's available. Uh, it
1: means he's d- available. Siege. It. Yeah, you best uh, here. I got his number. I'll call I'm him. I'm sure right
3: he's totally in to thirty seven right year now. old nobody white women like me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to call he him right also
2: now. Also call him. Yeah. Do you have his number? We should also <laughs> maybe put more dicks on stage, right? Like you had said, stage. Yes. Like I think I want to do Salome, where like. Oscar like, not Oscar, but uh Herod's dick is out the whole time. Or like John the Baptist is naked the whole time. Like they've stripped him completely. John the Baptist was a and snack. He's, he, he's in just flopping around. Yeah, yeah, he was a snack in that movie. He was hot. <laughs> I would have kissed him. Oh, Except
3: he was walking around. But he wouldn't in, like, have kissed cistern, you.
1: That's the
2: problem. He wouldn't have kissed me. He wouldn't have kissed me. No, we need to get that's to the huge root of the problem.
1: Point. The problem uh, of this is, is that uh, if he had just kissed, if he had Thomas, just kissed her, he would have kept his head, and uh, Herod would still have his kingdom, and she'd still so be So just
3: wife. do what women ask. That's I think the I know, really. I mean,
1: well, that's the <laughs> thing is <laughs> that like that's another thing <laughs> that, <laughs> that you.
2: Salome, dance for me, Salome.
1: (laughs) Well, then just all the. Why are you looking at her like that? The way you're looking at her is fucked up. Like, the Bible. Shut up, woman! I just shut up. In the hands of, stay in your place. uh, Stay in your place. I just think in the hands of of a great director that you could really turn this on its head. I agree. To be clear, I didn't
2: hate this play. It's just no. after reading those other two and knowing An Ideal Husband and Lady Windermere, it's just, a, it's it felt disappointing as a final piece. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I get, um, I, no, I get exactly what you're saying, and, and I, I agree.
3: I like, I like the whole idea. I mean, Oscar Wilde died so fucking young. I like yeah. the whole idea of, like, he was just fucking trying something. That's fucking, and fucking stuff. And that's great. Yeah. That's great. Everyone should. Yeah. Yeah, in every aspect of their life. Just try shit out, y'all. Try it out. Except, you know, like Nazism or fascism or some shit. Oh, don't try that pink. shit out. Wanna uh, stink. Yeah, home. that's great. Do that. Finger some buttholes. Which are like Aww. fingers some mouths. Same thing.
2: So, Do why don't we... Is there anything we want to say about his entire evolution. I've kind of said my piece that it's like it's kind of said that this is this. His, his his legacy is un it's undoubtable. It's undeniable. It's so massive and even the fact that our engagement has been up because of it is just proof in the pud of who he was and what he did. And I know that some people have looked back and been a little he's a little problematic. His uh, his gender politics aren't always 100%, but I just for the time, I think he's
3: yeah yes, he's pushing he's, he's pushing doing a what he bit, can and he's, and he's an
2: aesthete which I, I I would love to consider myself an aesthete I think I am someone who holds beauty over all I don't know
1: yeah I mean I, I, I again I would go I, I go back to what I said earlier I think that what's fascinating is his overall evolution the volume of stuff that he wrote over a period of time that the plays are just a small part of that. And that he was trying all kinds of stuff and seemed to be intellectually interested in all kinds of stuff. I mean, Vera, the the very fact that he was as engaged and aware of world politics as he was and the complexity of world politics at a time where you couldn't just Google shit, that you didn't have info coming to your phone, you had to really kind of work to understand Uh, everything that was going on in Russia and then using that and using real people or a real person to base that play on. And then you have Ernest where he's looking at just the world around him and looking at his friends and going, this is fucking weird and dumb and these rules are kind of crazy and I'm going to write a comedy about it and, you know, that skewers everyone. And then you get to this, which I think, uh, you know, it's not my thing, but that he's inspired by his faith that he's writing a devotional piece, that he's trying to push boundaries a little bit, although not necessarily in the right direction. I ultimately feel like this is not a positive view of women salome as 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 an overall play but i think it could be right the bible does
2: but again like it's if a director took it and did the right thing like it is it could point at that right it could be like and look how the bible treats women
1: and we should also do just do a real quick shout out to the 2017 all male production of this that was done in england which i think uh would be a fascinating to to see and yeah, I think you could do an all-female version would be I wonder crazy. if that had anything
2: to do with the all-male Vera. Like, if they were, like, inspired by each other or because oh, they were on the same time.
1: yeah, good point. That was off-Broadway, yeah. but still. I don't know. I Can don't I... Know. May no. I bring up no. some...
3: <sighs> no. No? <laughs> Aww. May I... It's something that I meant to bring up last week and then I just didn't. The whole title of The Importance of Being Earnest. It's not just earnest the name it's earnest <laughs> yes. The no I know I'm getting there it's okay, earnest okay. The, the whole thing of um being your authentic self because I think someone told me years ago they were like the title is actually the importance of being gay and I'm like what <laughs> so it's the whole idea that he's he's schooling people on acting like your authentic self but he kind of like lived his life being his authentic self but also not being his authentic self right yeah. um, yeah, I don't know uh, when I don't know when this play coincided with all of the fucking trials and shit that was going on with him. Yeah,
1: he pretty much been he wrote after and during his prison thing, but it was all mm-hmm. lesser stuff and not no plays. I don't think came out of that. But no, you're absolutely right. There, the, the idea of of hiding who you really are, you know, uh, creating a false identity. There's there's definitely stuff that I think
2: and. Yeah, it's kind of a letter to himself. He's like, and remember, Oscar, it's important to so just like be yourself. Like uh, you like, might be said, put on like trial for this. He's algae. He's John. Like he's, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. 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 We have other stuff to do. You want to do yeah. the other stuff? Yeah. Salome was good. I'm glad we explored it. I'm glad y'all yeah. watched the the Broadway HD. Yeah, thanks for that sharing. I always yeah. love yeah.
3: watching shit with y'all. That was fun.
2: Yeah. I wanted to show y'all because I was like, look at this weird curio. Like, what yeah, is, it, is this? It, what
3: is this? It's basically cooler than how I read it. Well, i say that.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. It, 100%.
1: it's cool. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it at all. The, all the acting's really solid. And
0: <laughs> Bailey loves ranking shit.
2: Hey,
1: Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. What? Do you like ranking shit?
2: No, but I love it. (laughs) I love ranking shit. I like to know where these rank up for y'all. And I kind of, I have a feeling we're going to all be the same, but I could be wrong. We're going to find out. Uh, CJ, I want to hear yours first. One, (gasps) two, three, excuse me, three, two, one.
3: Three, Salome, two, Vera, one, importance of being earnest.
2: Okay. Scott?
1: I got to go the same. Three, Salome, two, Vera, one the importance of being earnest.
2: I agree with you. I think that's it. And Vera was such a huge explosive surprise. So, yeah. such a surprise. Agreed. I wasn't ready to really enjoy that as much as I did. It clips to read even though I had to reread the beginning a few times. I was like, sure. "Wait, what are where where are what's going on?" But once I was in, I was in, and then the farce starts coming out and every, and you're just like, "Oh, okay, I get it. Why had the, why hasn't this been produced more?" Importance though, it's kind of undeniable. Yeah. And it yeah. will be performed for another it's thousand the years. The prime
3: I'm sure. of Mr. Oscar Wilde. Uh,
1: yeah. All right, all right. For sure. Um
2: if we're looking at evolutions, I think you're right. I think that's the peak is yeah. he, he writes importance. He writes Salome like a year later, but like he writes importance, and so Salome is almost like an exercise he's doing off of the fame of, of importance. Oh yeah. And then all the trials stuff happens and he never writes another play that he finishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's his, that's his peak.
1: I mean, yeah. What, him. what, you know, what could have been is, you know, I think also part of his allure and part of his legend is that the dude dies at 42 and that he was, he died wrongly. Like the state kind of killed him yeah. because of, you know, horrible laws that, you know, denied who the, not, who he was. Uh Now he was also an adulterer who cheated on his wife and all that, but he shouldn't have died because of his homosexuality or his bisexuality Agreed. or whatever he would have chosen to label himself uh and so that you know what would he have done in nineteen twenty? What would he have done after World War one and after that change of of it's
3: a damn humanity
1: shame. and yeah it's it's the tragedy of it and you know but that he was so again so intellectually curious and so dynamic and such a a controller of the language like he really used english as a weapon he knew how to turn things and i was looking forward to this because i hadn't gone back and reread anything in a long time of his and and this was a pleasure and the discovery of vera was a pleasure and even the discovery of Salome was, you know, really interesting. Like, that's something I'll keep in my back pocket to produce or direct one day. Mm-hmm.
2: I also recommend y'all read or find a production of Lady Windermere. It's just, it, it's silly, and, it, and the twist is so, like... What the fuck!
3: Like it's, just, it's, just, it's very
2: farce and very fun. Um, another one of those drawing rooms.
3: I it was I enjoyed this more than I thought I was. This was kind of one that I was trudging towards, and yeah, it took me a while to like pick up the first play and read it. And I'm always glad I reread someone I haven't visited in a while, so it was great, and I yeah. enjoyed it. And thank you, Oscar Wilde.
2: Thank you, Oscar Wilde. So uh, I want to know if y'all want to be in these things, though. That we Do got a pretty ass stinger for that one. Isn't that pretty? Uh, What do you do? Do you want to play any of these parts? I want to play Bracknell. That's it. I want to play (laughs) Lady Bracknell.
3: (laughs) I would love with a beard. And And I I just want to be. I'm I'm not going to shave. When we did it at Webster, I do vaguely remember Lady Bracknell had enormous, puffy sleeves Done. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it.
2: Uh, that's all. It's literally like I mean, I'll. It would be fun to like maybe be Herod. And just sit there and Salome the whole time. But like
3: Al Pacino's Herod.
2: Yeah. i am just play him as Al Pacino playing Herod. Um Salome, come and dance for me. Dance for me. Uh, that's what he does. It's like I'm kind of proud of
1: that. Because yeah. he
2: doesn't do that in any other movie. Really. Yeah, no. It's 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 a, it's
1: a, we a were weird, talking
2: weird. about Pacino performances and we were like, we were like, oh Insomnia is fantastic like more recent ones, you know, whatever. Uh, Roy Kahn in and, and Angels in America. Like, he's doing G- some G- great G- stuff yeah. there. But like he just. Yeah. In this one it's just this weird. He's not really <laughs> dialed in but he. He, he clearly <laughs> always yeah. wanted to
3: play it, and he was you like, "I'm yes. gonna do it my way." He's
2: very proud of it, but you're yes. also just like, "Are these the lines? Like, yeah. it made you want to go check the <laughs> Salome?"
1: Did you see the ASM backstage going, "He's off, yeah, he's has he's going rogue, he's, he's, going Salome rogue. Salome he's going rogue, he's <laughs> going rogue. <laughs> Al's going rogue." Um, no, so I, would, I would, I would, I would love to do Herod. I yeah. would, just, I just. Cause you could be so you just want someone to juicy you. with it and lascivious <laughs> with it. And also yeah. sad, like the turn at the end, like, you know, the, the sort of shock and disgust that he has is just a nice, cool turn for an actor. And um, musical
3: number, uh,
1: lady Bracknell. I would love to play the czar in Vera. Hell because fucking I think, yeah. Cause yeah. I think that that scene is so, so weird. and could be played funny in 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 an absurdist kind of way um but then as a director i was really turned on by both vera and and salome you know Ernest, sure i'll yeah i'd love to have fun with that but uh but those two in particular i would really love to fucking do like i think you could just fucking do cool shit with it yeah. What about you? What about you, Siege?
3: Um, I put down Lady Bracknell and Vera. Although I would do fucking any of those roles in Importance of Being Earnest if you yeah. wanted to turn shit on. Its oh end. yeah, I would
1: love to. Absolutely, I let's would never Vera, cast you as Algernon,
2: it. but any other part, I would cast you. Out. Never, <laughs> you, could never Al- be you could never Algernon. You could never. Be Algernon. Oh my God! Never <laughs> oh be Algernon God. in
3: my production. Actually, you'd be great. Oh That'd my be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, let's.
2: Well, let's. Let's. Something I love about this podcast: the fact, the reason why we spent so much time covering and talking about Fringe is because I really want to be. I know there's LA Theater Bites and there's LA podcasts, but like I love that we are LA based and that we're still getting this nerdy about shit. Yeah. So like I love that we spotlight stuff in LA and so let's do that now LA spotlight spitlets LA Spitlitz. you got any
1: yeah well you got stuff going on in the Pasadena
2: freestyle of supreme is open right now get your tickets come see it
1: I am beginning the process of workshopping a brand new musical Written Yay. and composed by Michael Shaw Fisher, guest and fan of the King of Fringe. King of Fringe and one uh, uh, one of my dear friends and, and our dear friends. Um, but we're going to be doing, working on his play, musical, A Midsummer Night's Nightmare, which is a sequel to Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's really cool. It's a jubilee. It's going to be diverse and and awesome and amazing, and it'll cost us a lot of money, but uh, Mm. we're going to start this first phase and and just listen to it and have people come. So keep your ears out because we'll be, uh, uh, tickets will be available for the public for uh, a public reading, basically.
3: I don't have anything specific, but I would just say that um, Fringe is going on through, like the encore performances are going on through august and maybe next episode i'll look some specific ones up and see if they still have performances but check yeah, out hollywood david fringe
2: Lynch has a few more
3: who's afraid yeah. of david but Lynch that's like this weekend and, like, and yeah, die yeah. lady die but um like, check out dot org if you want to see yeah. you know the best of the best that people were really excited about there's stuff going on through august y'all and also yeah. i've got nothing going on so Somebody fucking hire me! Don't, oh yeah, I got I, I, I got an, I got my an spotlight email. is me.
1: <laughs> no. I got an email today. I'm I'm gonna do a reading and I'm really excited about it. I did
3: good. I did too, but it's just a from. Zoom reading. Oh no! Yeah, this is a Boo, Zoom. No, uh, no, friend of the no, cast, I, I don't, Albert. I don't. Yeah. Thanks, Albert, for giving me something to work on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or cutting all this. So I no. also, um, I there's also a production of the Striker going on right now in uh, LA. Yes. 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 Um, uh. Friend Julia James, I think, is producing and maybe in it I, I don't I, I've only seen it on Instagram but I'd like to find it and go see it. I don't know if it'll be closed by the time this episode comes out but we should we should maybe try to go see that there I just directed a show for the um, empowered women theater festival empowered female playwright theater festival in Florida and it was uh, we did a zoom production over OBS it was called the gentry of Essex nice. it's one of my favorite plays Mm. Um, that I've ever worked on. And I I directed it years ago at the Blank Theater. And this is my, um, this was our sort of return to it, but... It, it did so well and the talk back went super well we had like you know people there like talking asking us questions and it was it was absolute blast but I want to try to get that on stage soon because it's just an incredible incredible play about gentrification in Los Angeles Cool um, Fantastic. really really good uh, so I think you can find it online Gentry of Essex uh, maybe not I don't know I, I could be wrong Okay, hey, y'all good times yeah uh, thanks for joining us for part three the finale of Oscar Wilde the uh impotence of being urncast colon pods gone wild exclamation point <laughs> um, <laughs> after this our next episode we're beginning a uh one of our sixth miniseries as we call them so it's a bonus miniseries after every five playwrights we do some movies we just watch some theater related movies and we discuss them with our friend pam who writes the songs uh, uh, for every miniseries and she's great and we a lot of people say that those are their fa- favorite episodes oh so this next one is going to be go ahead and watch these movies the first one the first episode for next week is going to be fiddler on the roof the Topol starring Fiddler on the Roof, and also the Rick Moranis joint,
1: Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Well, technically, it's a Frank Oz joint.
2: It's a fr- it's, Yeah, I, I, I know. I get it. I was just, because I had said the actor. From, you know, I got you. I that got actor, you. I'm you I'm know sorry, what I mean. I'm sorry. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids,
3: the musical.
2: Yeah. The Ashman, Frank Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the musical. We could write that. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: Probably already is. One, it probably it? already probably is. One. Already one, yeah. <laughs> God
2: damn it! So we'll be we'll be covering those two, and then the next week we're covering the new West Side Story and Into the Woods. Yes. So get pumped for those, and then after that, we're our next playwright, quote unquote, is we're going to do a mini mini series. We're going to do one to two episodes, mm-hmm. two episodes. I think we're doing mm-hmm. two episodes. Yeah, that's what we On... Discussed jonathan larson that's right it's pod pod, podcast exclamation point uh just like tick tick boom we'll be covering all three of his works so uh with britney with britney wheeler we're getting britney wheeler on so that'll be an absolute blast we will tell you more about that in the coming weeks very very exciting but we love you deeply and that's all i have
3: Questions, comments, compliments. You can reach out to us via email, Facebook, Instagram, attacked, or <laughs> Twitter. 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 Scott.
1: <laughs> Thank you, CJ. You survived. A uh, big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson, who wrote our theme song. And our theme song's better than your theme song. It's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. He also writes all of our stingers. He's an amazing, smart Brilliant human being. Ryan Thomas Johnson, thank you so much. Another big shout-out to Pam Quinn, who wrote our uh, Oscar Wilde-centric song, which you are hey. about to hear. Next week, Pam's going to be on the show, back on the show. Hey. We love Pam. She's one of our favorites. And finally, hey. to the, finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, Annie Baker, who writes every
3: single Scott, one of I've our- I've been uh, what, trying to tell you, what?
2: but I really do think we need to have a talk.
3: You guys, what about I'm going to take a knee lou
2: Oh. oh, okay. Well, let's hurry this along. Let's hurry this along. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'll
2: make Annie my Baker... song short at the end. I'll make
1: my song short. <laughs> Andy Baker. Uh, one yeah. day, Andy Baker, we're going to buy you a beer.
2: Woo! That's right, y'all. Please go rate, subscribe, review. If you're going to write us a review, don't send it in an email. Put it in a review, even if it's one even star. It's I don't mean. care. Go for it. I want to read it. I'm excited about it. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Oscar Wilde, the pod's gone wild. Bye. This was a wild episode. It wild, was a, wild wild, it
0: was a wild. lot of
2: fun salome
0: salome lost in the darkness silence surrounds you once there was morning now endless night i will find the answer i'll never desert you i promise you this till the day that i do you really think that i would ever let you go do you think i'd ever set you free if you do i'm sad to say it simply isn't so You will never get away from me. All that you are is a face in the mirror. I close my eyes and you'll disappear. (laughs) I'm what you face when you face in the mirror. Long as you live, I will still be here. All that you are is the end of a nightmare. All that you are is a dying scream. After tonight, I shall end this demon dream. (laughs) This is not a dream, my friend, and it will never end. This one is the nightmare that goes on. Hyde is here to stay. No No. matter what you may pretend. Jesus Christ. And I'll flourish long after you're gone. Yeah, I could do the whole
1: thing. I love that one. (laughs) You told me to tell you if it was too long. Later, everybody. (laughs) Salome. Come dance for me, Salome. Salome.
3: name, I know I get everything
0: I'm in love with a name, and if he feels the
3: same, we'll be everything, everything everything, everything I'll change my name My future lies within his lies A mad disguise within his eyes, I find in a name. It sounds insane. The name's to blame for every